Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Big thanks to the title sponsor of the Big Show, Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned and operated Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the lowest prices on every tire every day. We're going to talk Frank Dolce momentarily here, Gordo. Let's get his thoughts on the 0-2 Utes. Always a pleasure. Is it, though? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if I agree with that take, but, yeah, we'll have Frank on. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward he'll to it. He'll come on and he'll he'll break down the football. Uh, no, we love Frank. He's he's great. Big part of our Ute coverage here on the Zone Sports Network has been for a couple of years now and uh, does a terrific job. Obviously, former Ute quarterback, longtime uh, Ute analyst. And I, I'm curious to get his thoughts on Jake Bentley and how he's played. I, I kind of thought it's been somewhat underwhelming, Gordon. Uh, I think that's fair to say. The question is, are we seeing what, what uh, the whole – uh, potential is, or is it a matter of, of learning some things, getting adjusted to things, or is he just not that great a quarterback? I mean, yeah. Well, certainly it's uh, it's been a bit of an up and down. I mean, you look pretty good in the first half. Uh, turnover issues have certainly been a problem, both yes. fumbling and throwing interceptions. And, uh, you know, making decisions that are just baffling. I know I guess you don't 100% agree on w- with me on that last interception, but that was – that was like the last thing that you wanted to do. Well, you got to get the ball down the field in order to give yourself a chance at a field goal. And so, you know, I mean, it was kind of a Hail Mary situation. Not completely, but pretty close. So sometimes you're going to suffer that kind of thing when you're trying to do a little too much. Hmm. All right, let's uh, jump out to the zone phone. Joining us now, as we mentioned, uh, former Ute quarterback, longtime Ute analyst, and our Ute insider here on the Zone Sports Network. He's Frank Dolce. What's going on, Frank? Hey, Jake. Hey, guys. I hope you're doing well. hope you both had a fantastic holiday, long weekend. Jake, you sound a little down in the dumps about Utah's loss. I, you know, that's kind of nice that you feel that way. <laughs> I don't know if I'm down in the dumps, Frank. It was a pretty painful way to watch a team lose a football game. You know, I, I watched that game closely. I watched the first half. I was really interested to see how Utah responded after what I thought was a you know, a very average showing in week one. And so, wow, things looked, you know, almost like, you know, 180-degree change for Utah. But when Washington came out in the third quarter and went down and scored with, you know, relative ease, my stomach dropped. And... I just thought, you know, I think we always feel like that's a dogfight for Utah that game, but that one, that one felt like there it was just too, too easy. That maybe, maybe Utah, um, you know, relaxed them a bit. I don't know. Frank, what do you think about the play calling in the second half? Do you think the Utes were too conservative, or do you think it was just the turnovers that were killing them? I think. Probably a combination. It's really hard to, you know, you know, I, it's, it's, people like to do this thing of, well, uh, you know what, play calling was awful. 
and that's the reason they lost. Well, I think you could probably say um, play calling could have been different, but you could probably say that in any football game, even in wins. You could probably say, well, play calling should have been different. Turnovers were were not on the side of Utah in terms of, you know, situation in the game. The turnovers didn't didn't favor the Utes for sure. Uh, execution. I mean, you have to go back to to execution in in that football game, and youth and inexperience difficult to overcome. Uh, I think Coach Whittingham said one. Well, he said lots of interesting things, but one thing that I really that really stuck with me is when he said after the game in his post game uh, press conference, he said. Um, it doesn't matter. The plays don't matter. It doesn't, you know, it's not about the plays. It's about getting the ball into your playmaker's hands. I think that was a very interesting comment because we saw guys like Brian Thompson and Brent Keithy not get targeted in the second half. Um, so that, that is an, that's an interesting comment to me. So back back to your back to your question. I think it's probably, you know, combination of things um, that led to the loss in the second half. Not the least of which I think this is what Hans and I talked about after the game is it's you you have to learn how to win a football game through four quarters. You have to learn how to put another team away and um, for, for a group that has a lot of inexperience, you go up like 21-0 in the first half in a game that's supposed to be a dogfight. I think human nature is to take a deep breath, to sigh, and say, hey, we have this. This is ours, rather than to, to, to have the same kind of intensity coming out for the second half. Evaluate Jake Penley's performance for us, Frank. Well, I I think Jake Bentley has all of the tools. I don't think it's an I, you know I don't think there's an issue about arm strength or athleticism. In fact, he made several plays, um, athletic football plays to to keep keep a drive alive or, and to keep the football moving and to give his team a chance. Uh, he made you know a couple of really you know bad throws uh, and those bad, bad throws. You know, we're we're costly. But there there is this thing about, uh, and and it's I, it's always hard to tell on the TV because you don't get to see what's happening in the secondary, and I need to see that to really evaluate um, the performance. But it feels like, it just feels like, the progression is not happening as quickly as it could. And so then you say, well, his offensive line isn't blocking because it feels like he's getting a lot of pressure. Uh, and there were, try- there were times certainly when, when Washington provided pressure and it just wasn't blocked, blocked well up front. But there are other times when I feel like I, keep, like I get anxious about, hey, you need to get rid of the ball, get rid of the ball, get rid of the ball. And so getting through that stuff, getting through the progression, feeling the, the pocket close throwing the ball away, some of those thing, things feel like that needs to, he needs to take you know, that next step in that area. I, I like him. I think he's certainly talented enough. I think he has all the tools. And I think he probably feels like he should have played better in that game.
So, Frank, why is it that uh, in this, especially in the second half, but really throughout, that that the Huskies could utilize tight end Cade Otten? Of course, he won he uh, won the game with a touchdown catch at the end. Why was Washington able to utilize him against Utah's defense, where Utah's offense could not consistently utilize Brant Keithy? Well, I think that's what Coach Whittingham was talking about. It's a very good point that you make because I think you have similar type of talent in in Austin and, and Keithy. And clearly Washington uh, was cognizant of the fact that Utah had underclassmen matched up with maybe the best uh, receiver or, the, or, the, or I should say the most difficult matchup on the field. So you have Richie, freshman, you have Sewell, sophomore. Those are the guys who are kind of matched up on Auten. And either by design on the offensive side, um, which, which wouldn't allow Utah to double-team defensively, or by design on the defensive side where they just weren't going to double the tight end, um, you found Auten single coverage uh, uh, most of the night or maybe all of the night. And that's very difficult to overcome. Couple that with the difficulty Utah had in the second half of pressuring the quarterback. No sacks in the game. Statistically, it said there were no quarterback hurries in the game. I don't think that's accurate, but that's the way it's listed in the final stats. No QB hurries. So you have a quarterback who has time to throw the ball. You have underclassmen, matched up against the best offensive weapon, that's, th- those are very difficult items to overcome individually, and now you have a combination of things that work. So, And then on the other side, I think that's what Coach Whittingham was talking about, is, look, Keithy is the same. He's a, he's a matchup nightmare. Put the defense, at, uh, stress the defense by creating those matchups those difficulties in the matchups and figure out a way to get Keithy the football. What do you think of uh, Washington, Frank, and Jimmy Lake? Do you think he's going to pick up where Pete left off? Well, that's pretty high. You know, that's, that's lofty. That's a lofty expectation goal uh, because I think Peterson was one of the very best in, in college football. I mean, you know, I would talk about guys like Urban Meyer and Nick Saban and um, and Chris Peterson. And um, and I would even include in that top five, top ten list, Kyle Whittingham. I mean, those are, those are guys that have um, year after year stability, the ability to reload and, and maximize the talent that they have available and go out and find great talent. Uh, um, and then I'm oh I'm I'm leaving out Dabo, but that's because Dabo for some reason he rubs me the wrong way. But he's in, he's got to be on that list as well. Uh, so so where does Jimmy Lake fit? Two games in, I think he managed the I think he managed the football game against Utah extremely well. That you know that could be a sign of what to expect out of out of a Jimmy Lake era like. He didn't, he didn't panic on the sideline. He seemed very calm, made 
what, you know, they made whatever adjustments they made at halftime that worked out really well in the second half. He, keep, he, kept, he kept his team engaged and in the game. And all of those things are signs of, of a great head coach, especially in kind of an in-game head coach. Uh, time will tell about Jimmy Lake. Does he yeah, – I think we have some assumptions we could make, but does he have the ability to run a program – for five years, ten years, with the same kind of success level? Does he continue to recruit the same way that he does and all of those things? But early in his career, I think he's put himself on a nice trajectory. Frank, we talked earlier about the conservative nature of what the Utes were doing offensively. They ran the ball 19 more times than they threw it. Now, some of those runs were Bentley where he was running around. But when you look at the rushing totals, and Jake and I were made note of this earlier. Ten carries for Ty Jordan for 97 yards. Ten carries for Devin Brumfield uh, for 39 yards. Uh, eight carries for Jordan Wilmore for 24 yards. Three carries for Micah Bernard for 13 yards. Is it time to give Ty Jordan the ball more often, feed the beast, and let him go? I know he had the fumble, and it was costly. But is it time to hone in on on having a, a back who can get into a rhythm and, and really do some damage to a defense? That's probably where we're headed. We talked about this prior to the season, that Utah would utilize a running back by committee. I didn't think Jordan would be a part of that, but but he certainly has, has made his presence felt. And... And we said it could be two or even three games in before Utah decides on a full-time featured back. I think that's probably where we're headed with Jordan. Like, he, he in that game probably separated himself out. Here's the thing that, that we, we also have to consider. And here, along with the ability to run the football effectively – the, the, the next one, or even, even, maybe even the most important thing for Coach Whittingham is a running back who can step up and manage the defensive rush uh, and manage a, um, potentially a defensive blitz and manage a linebacker or a defensive end. Pass protection from the running back position is, is, is supreme priority for Coach Whittingham. And so uh, if, if Jordan – has that ability in addition to the ability to run the football, then he becomes the featured guy. If that particular part of his game is not as well tuned as Brumfield or Wilmore or Bernard, then you might still see this running back by committee sort of game plan. Um, The luxury that Utah had with Zach Moss is that nobody could stop him at the line of scrimmage. He was fantastic at first contact. He was a bruiser. But more importantly, you, his pass protection was impeccable. So those are the two things that we'll, we'll have to watch as they unfold with, with the running back position group. All right, Frank, last thing for me. Uh, this doesn't have to do with the Utes, but I need uh, some show help. Okay. <laughs> Are you yes. fa- are you familiar with the bit that Gordon and I do when we make bets? Uh, we call it incriminating audio. You know what that? Have you heard us do that? 
Yes, I'm a huge fan of the show. What do you mean if I do? I'm not familiar with discriminating audio. Gordon picked uh, the Rams over the 49ers over the weekend and lost and thus owes us some incriminating audio. So I guess my question, help us brainstorm, Frank, is there something funny that you think would be uh, clever coming from Gordon? Well, here's the here's the problem when you ask me that question. Is like I I pretty much align with Gordon on on, you know, what he says and what he does. And uh, and so you're gonna you're you're probably picking the wrong crowd to find incriminating audio because I I hold Gordon in the highest regard. Oh geez, your brown nosing is going to See, get, no, get in the way of you participating no, no. in the show. He's Come not, on, he's not, he's not brown nosing. Look, it, it, look, you hurt me. You're hurting Frank. Oh please, that's how I feel. That's exactly how I feel. You are no fun. You know that you you're know, no if fun. I wanna, if I if I'm stuck in an alley. You know, when I'm outgunned and outmanned, there's one guy I want with me. And, and his hands. That's the G-man. And, and maybe hands and his incredibly large hand. The guy has, like, bear paws. Yes, he does. I can think of many others I'd, I'd uh, want by my side. <laughs> many you others. Hey, yeah. Frank, thanks for, the, thanks for the support. I appreciate it, man. Absolutely. You know, we have to stick together, Gordon. Yeah, I'm going to need it. some Pepto-Bismol during the break. <laughs> <laughs> that was a swing and a miss by you, Jake. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, well, that that was it for me. You have anything else for Frank there, Gordon? No, I think Frank pretty well summed it up there. I, I don't. I agree with everything he said. I'm, I'm sure you keep do. It that way. Yeah, I'm sure you do. Uh, Frank, uh, Gordon appreciates it when you're able to jump on with us every week. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, it's my pleasure. I just mark it down in my calendar. Chat with Gordon every Monday afternoon. Uh, thank you, Frank. We do. We really appreciate it. Thanks, buddy. Absolutely. Great to talk to you guys. Back at you. Our friend Frank Dolce, founding member of the Gordon Monson Found Club. Oh, I don't think so. I think there might be a little bit of sarcasm in there. I think he's wearing a Gordon Monson shirt right now. <laughs> Oh, you know, I thought we could include him in the show. It could be a little fun, you know. We take jabs and all that sort of thing. But no, I get the the Monson love fest from Frank. See, I get this all the time. I get it from listeners. I get it from people who tell other family members. They say, "Why are Jake and Austin picking on you all the time? You're the smartest one on the show. Why are they constantly?" <laughs> hammering away at you wait a minute and i say hey you know they're teasing sort of <laughs> but you have listeners say you're the smartest one on the show well that, that part they... that part i may have added in okay. myself but 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 i do get that a lot where people do say yeah man tell those guys to knock it off they... are you kidding me you give yeah. as much as you get Oh, please. No way. Oh, who roasted just... me for like the first hour of our show for that uh, Christmas ornament debacle last week? <laughs> that was funny. I was, I was really glad you brought that up. But uh, I, for me, it's not, uh, you know, it's not, it's because I handle it better than you guys. Oh. You, you guys throw it all at me and I just, it's just like water off the back of a duck. But when I throw it at you, then, you know, the show comes to a screeching halt. And why you got to hurt my feelings? I have pierced nipples. That's not true. <laughs> you, you go with the hands approach where we start to tease a little bit. And all of a sudden the personal attacks start Would coming. Would you bet your life? Yeah, start coming fast and furious. Mm -hmm.
Mm, okay. All right. All right. Well, let's regroup and uh, we'll come back with a fresh new attitude. Who on this show has called the other one an idiot? I know it's not me. Oh, is it, did I call you an idiot? When did Many I call times. you an idiot? Many times. Really? And then, uh, but I, feel, I didn't mean it. Did I? Oh, my gosh. You're an idiot. I'm going to kill you. Yeah, but see, that wasn't real. I you know, think it, you're it, an idiot. That might have been real. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> oh. But. Right. Good heavens, I'm an idiot. Yeah. Kind of agrees with you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we, we, we've come to consensus then. Oh, great. Jake's an idiot. All right. Uh, see, you did it again. No, I'm just saying that's what our consensus was. You did it I'm, again. <laughs> that's not our consensus. Well, you just said it. I didn't say it. You said it. Well, I did say it, but so did you. Mm. Uh, we're all just funning. Mm. Are we? <laughs> <laughs> See? Are you sure? That's what I mean. You, you sure fling it at that? me. You fling it at me day after day, hour after hour, minute after minute, and it's like nothing, you know? I fling a little something at you suddenly. Oh, so now calling someone an idiot is flinging a little something then. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right, I, apologize. I apologize. Game on, Monson. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Uh-oh. Stay tuned. We'll have I'm more in next. trouble. Help. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Moron, idiot, stupid, right down the line.